Hi, friends. I'm Chandra Sanchez. And I'm Misha Lazera. And you're listening to Bandwives. Morning, Misha. Hello. How are you? I like your little braids. Uh, yeah. Well, I was, you know, probably should have showered, but I was didn't want to. Do you know when you're and it's my hair is just gets really greasy. So it's like I showered, you know, two, three days ago. Is that bad? Is that is that disgusting? Uh-uh. Nope. And I and I just didn't want to have to, I'll take a bath tonight or a shower tonight, but in the morning sometimes if I don't get out of my house and hit the ground running, I will it will be eleven o'clock and I'll I won't know what happened. I feel that very much. And I want you to know that what you see right here is literally what I wore last night. My hair, the only thing I put on is lipstick. I just left my makeup on and fell asleep. So so blessed. Doing my best. Too blessed blessed. to be stressed. (laughs) Uh, I also have a child home from school because he is sick. I'm feeling a little, I, spring is usually my allergy season, but it feels like allergies. But Adam actually had some face cold issues and he never, I mean, he has the immunity of uh, immortal because of all the years of travel and <laughs> crazy life. And so when he, whatever he had, I think I'm just kind of getting going through it and it's just yeah. like this face a little tight. Yeah. I think that's what he has. He has like a little scratchy throat and he has a, like a low fever. So I had to hunker down and make the call this morning, which pains me deeply. No, they're still getting all that. Like they were home for three months, you know, some of the yeah. kids were home at least. And so, you know, it's that time of year. I am triple dosing myself up because I just cannot be sick again. Uh, so I started taking this. This is not an ad, but it could could be, <laughs> but probably not also because it's a vitamin. Um, this like wellness booster. Okay. Where is it from? Uh, I'm going to tell you right now. It is insane. I've taken it now a couple of times, like in the last month when I started to feel like a little bit sick because there's a million things. It's Source Naturals Wellness Formula. And it it is bonkers. It has so much in it. Like, I mean, it's obviously like tons of like vitamin C, vitamin A, um, but it has uh, like echinacea and all the other stuff and it works. It's unreal. I mean, you have to take a lot. Yeah. You have to take six of them, you know, twice a day or something insane, but you only take it for a couple of days until you kind of get over the, the hump. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking at it now. It's like elderberry and eleuthero and olive leaf and cinnamon. It's like garlic. They put it's like witchcraft. It I is, love it. I it's know. just like witchcraft 400 years ago is medicine today. <laughs> yes. And it's really, it really works. I mean, I've tried everything because my immune system is garbage and this is like showing some results. Garlic and cinnamon, a hundred percent underrated yes. for like cure all. I mean, not cure all, obviously this is, <laughs> I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Uh, but I play one in books, but I, I just think garlic and cinnamon are God's gift to the earth. Yeah. One of Atlas's teachers, she just shreds ginger 
Oh yeah. Like we wrote tons of raw ginger into like tea with lemon and some Manuka honey, which Mm -hmm. I've been doing. And I'll also, if I'm feeling sassy, slip a little whiskey in there sometimes (laughs) on the the late night. (laughs) That's what heals you. And turmeric, fresh turmeric. If you can like throw some of that in there with the ginger. I just love the flavor. Yeah. Soup. Yes. It's also soup season. Oh my God. I forgot to tell you the big news. It's huge. What? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I got a crock pot. Have you not been having a crock pot? Okay. I know it seems crazy. I had a slow cooker years ago. I had a pressure cooker and then I watched This Is Us. Oh no. I know. I, I had yeah. never watched that show, but I saw the headlines that the crock pot company was like, no. It was the Crock-Pot. The Crock-Pot lit the house on fire and like killed everybody. And so I have not been using a Crock-Pot. I haven't had one for a long time. I caved and I got my Aldi delivery and they just happened to have them. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go for it. I need to get... Adam has a tattoo of my (laughs) Crock-Pot. He does. (laughs) And so that's... I'm into it. Growing up up north, it was staple for sure. And then his dad and stepmom got us the Instapot. And I love that. I Something about the Crock-Pot's nice because you put it on in the morning. The Instapot, even the low setting is like crazy. Bo- it's a little too intense for. Yeah. So, but I love, I, the Crock-Pot fire thing is really funny because I know Crock-Pot was like, we did not sanction this. But my friend here in Charlotte, her cousin is a firefighter. And so we were all just at a birthday party and he was there and he was talking about home fires as one does at a birthday party and he's like honestly the crockpot is dangerous and don't leave it plugged in but he's like really don't leave anything plugged in all day on and that was the thing he's like I unplug everything even this coffee maker and I have friends um Husna who's on the show she's told me before she unplugs everything Uh, that gives me a massive anxiety thinking about unplugging stuff there's just no way I know there's no way and it's we've made it this far but he, when he said that, I was like, so I unplug some things sometimes. So I put it in the sink. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, it's going to get hot. I have this like ceramic oh, sink. So yeah. I just like put the whole thing in there. I don't Here's know. Notes. I mean, it's, it's not going to yeah. save us, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I have like met, like not, I was going to, I have, you know, core, whatever our current top is like rock. And yeah, so I'm like, yeah. the rock isn't going to start it's fine. on fire. Yeah. The thing about our kitchen is it's all like um, architectural salvage stuff. So it's like all old wood and like definitely a fire would have a field day in there. So the only thing aside from the top of the oven was the sink. And I was like, all right, I put a pan under it. I'm like, but oh, I, you're doing things. You're doing this. I'm trying. Yeah. You know, try my best. Do you have wooden countertops? Yes. We barely oh. have a countertop because they pulled out all of the old countertops. Um, they were going to redo the kitchen in this sort of like vintage fifties, you know, vibe. So we only have like one tiny Island. It's probably like two feet of counter space. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's what we're working with, but I do love walking into a house that smells like soups. Oh yeah. I know people. I just think about what people are thinking about when they're listening to us talk about crockpots. But it, there is something about it. And you get home and the meal is cooked and uh-huh. it's been cooking all day in its own juices. That's what soup needs to do anyway. It's true. 
I mean, you feel very accomplished, even though you did yeah. the bare minimum. <laughs> no, you didn't. You did the, yeah. the best, the most. Did. Did. I know. And sometimes like we have such a short window between activities or getting home from school and going to an activity. And I don't want to do like a frozen pizza. Yeah. And so you just reminded me to pull my crock pot out. See? The weather is glorious. It was 60 degrees when we woke up. We don't get that much. Even in October, it'll get hot again. Like this is fake. It's a false fall or whatever. But I'm taking it. I'm taking what I can get. Um, you know those, this is not an ad either. You know those Tevas that are ridiculously puffy mm-hmm. balls of, it looks like your dog actually. I got those. And yeah, I just, they were a calf off. And so I've been looking at them for years and I went ahead and got, so I have these puffy cloud shoes and I'm wearing this long underwear shirt, living, living my best life. Oh my God. Um, I went to see a show last night and I have been in my feelings so deeply all morning. It was death cab. And they did transatlanticism all the way through. And then postal service. I'm so jealous. It was so good. So like stripped down and just, you know, they played at MSG and sometimes you feel really disconnected, but it it was just so beautiful. And Jenny Lewis is a princess and I'm obsessed with her. And they did a Depeche Mode cover. Um, it was just excellent. It's funny because every 10 years I go see postal service and Claudio is always traveling <laughs> every 10 years. It's like two times. Um, <laughs> but I go with his friend Rory and that's like our, it's our tradition now. And then we cry and it's amazing. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh. That show looks so good. I've had some friends who've gone. I, I saw death cab not that long ago, six months ago, maybe. And he sounded incredible and amazing. So and I was so impressed. And I then I saw that it was with Postal Service the next tour. And I'm so you have to go jealous. I don't know. You have to go if they come through. I think Jamie was there last night, by the way. I saw her story. I'm like, girl, we should have met up. I didn't know. I need to start just like checking, doing like a roll call before. Well, you post it on Twitter and then you put it on your stories on Instagram. So <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, you have need... to do it before so that you know who's going yeah. so you can yeah. meet up. I know we need Jamie on the show. If for those who don't know, Jamie is Sean Cooper's wife from Taking Back Sunday's Basis. And but she is so supportive. And I've told I've said this before. She's like, I love it. I listen to it. And she has a lot of she's very funny, you know, and has a lot she of is. wisdom and I really want her to come on. I want to break her down. We've got to just keep trying. I feel like she would be, she doesn't even know how good she'd be. She, I think she knows, but yeah, (laughs) she's scared. She doesn't want to, she doesn't want to put that wisdom out into the world. Yeah. She's private. Yeah. But amazing. So we'll, we'll keep trying. Maybe I'll, I'll just ask, float it out there again today. We, we should have like a night out and we'll all just like, we'll make her sign a contract. Yes, a solo contract. <laughs> Another kind of like adjacent news, I might see Husna at Comic-Con. Why? What? Yeah, what? she's there. She said she's going to come to Comic-Con. For what? With her son? Just Yeah. Yeah. Oh, He's like into that. comics. And yeah, I'm like, that would be so much fun. Uh, FOMO, immediate FOMO. But I really hope you guys get to you see should each come. other. It's not until when? next month. Oh. Yeah, I know. We need to come to New. Is it the New York one? I'm assuming. Bring the kids. Yeah. 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 Okay. Fine. I'll be there. So we have a guest coming on soon, and then 
That will be really fun, but we should, maybe we've keep talking about Portugal and I don't want to over talk about it because it's still like a year away, but if people are interested in traveling, doing a creative workshop, having some fun overseas, look into on our Instagram or our link tree and have a little fun yeah. exploring Portugal with us. If you're worried because you're coming alone, don't be worried. Um, I I think the coolest part of this trip is going to be that most people are coming alone. Yeah. And we have a like a WhatsApp chat that we're talking and getting to know each other a little bit. Uh, we're going to make new friends. I think that's kind of part of the the deal of the trip is just to go and like meet new people. And uh, so don't feel like worried if you're like, I don't want to do this by myself. Nobody wants to go with me. Like come alone, share a room with somebody. It's going to be amazing. You'll probably make so many new like besties. And I'm really looking forward to that. Just jumping right in. Yeah. It seems like everyone who signed up is only two people, you know, that know each other. I think everyone yeah. else is low, So It'll be great. Yeah, that's awesome. And there are there are gentlemen coming. So men do not be afraid, you know, intimidated by our magic. By the wives moniker. <laughs> There's husbands or partners or yeah, it'll be fun. You could also come with your significant other. For sure. Yeah. I think we had intended on doing that and still might happen, but yeah. it's so hard with the boys' schedule. We have no idea. No idea. We're flying by the seat of our pants. That's also part of what I'm excited about for Portugal is I have zero expectation in terms of like landscape. And, you know, I know so many people have gone recently and been like, it's so incredible. It's so amazing. Um, I don't know a lot about Portugal and I feel like I don't really want to do that much research prior. I just want it to be a surprise. Yeah. All we know is storks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I, my friend went and posted like five pictures of storks. And so that's what I have in my mind. We also have not nailed down our uh, aesthetic for this trip, Misha, and time is, time is ticking. I need more information. See, we don't want to do too much Same. information, but it's like with Italy, we knew we wanted to do Romeo and Juliet <laughs> <laughs> peasant vibes. So we're going to change. We're going to have to figure out. We have to find matching outfits for everybody. <laughs> For 100% matching outfits for everyone. And also we need day to night because it's we have a lot of writing and creative tasks, yeah. but then also some vineyards, you know, it'll be. Yeah. Did you see that Portugal was washing their streets with wine because they had so much leftover wine? They were using it in the street. <laughs> My brother sent it to me. I didn't, that's, I saw the headline to be perfectly honest. Didn't read the article. That was the headline. That's wild. And another reason why I'm very much looking forward to this activity. Go and do our part to drink the wine so they do not have to throw it down the drain. I know. I'll send a P.O. box if they want to just ship some on over. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show, Megan Marsh. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I know. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, you you guys sent me over like a request for bio and I was like, okay, yeah, great. Um, what does that look like? Because as a professional working woman, I have a bio that talks about my experience and where I went to college and where I've worked for the last 15 years. But when it comes to personal bio, it's like, uh, you want me to talk about myself? Um, okay, sure. 
Um, yeah, so I've lived in Lakeland my whole life. I've been here for, you know, the whole, my, my entire existence. I never moved away. I've been here 38 years. So, um, born and raised here in Lakeland and, um, I've got three children. Uh, my oldest is 15. Then I have a just turned 12 year old and a just turned seven year old. Um, so very, very busy mom. I feel like uh, that is like a large part of my identity in the world right now. Um, and I, I'm a full-time working mom remote, which is great for having active kids. Like I get to work from home and I get to be able to be there for them when they need me. And um, I've been working with a company called Atabotics out of Calgary, Alberta, which is great because I don't know if I ever would have gotten up to Calgary for any other reason. And now I've been up there five or six times and what a beautiful part of the world. Um, uh, I'm a director of marketing there at Atabotics, um, which I love. It's, it's been a great journey there for me so far. Um, yeah, uh, I love soccer. Uh, we are a huge soccer fan base over here. Um, poor Aaron, when we first met, he was, he's not a sports guy. He's never been a sports guy. Um, and Brian, um, who's in Copeland is like always been a religious fantasy football player. And um, Aaron used to make fun of him so much like, oh, you guys are going to get together and do a draft. That sounds real cool, dude. Like, you know, all that. <laughs> well, now he's met me and he's married into the soccer family and we are like huge soccer fans. Now he's playing fantasy soccer. Uh, his kids are playing fantasy soccer. He's like, they're constantly going back and forth with all this stuff. And I'm like, Brian's like, mm, see, you got the bug. <laughs> um, huge soccer fans over here um so that's a lot of what we do and then um I love music I'm a huge music fan so uh that's kind of something that's been fun for Aaron of like marrying somebody who loves music for reasons very differently than what he loves music for as just like somebody who is uh, an observer and um loves to spend time like going to live music and just listening to all different types of music he gets to see it through a completely different light um from just a fan of listening to everything from 60s music through you know current pop stuff our kids are getting really into music now so they're wanting to go to these concerts for like olivia rodrigo and he's like yeah let's do it so you know it's just this whole different take on life and yeah, so um, that's me. That's, like I said, busy, busy mom, busy life. But yeah. That's great. That was better than a That was wonderful. Life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got a lot going on, obviously. What are you juggling this week? Oh, uh, okay. This week. I think that's why I'm a little in a bit of disarray. So uh, I'm sure you guys can relate. We don't usually take time out for ourselves. So this weekend, one of my best friends was like, hey, uh, my sister-in-law has a beach house in Anna Maria. It's open for the weekend. Let's go. No husbands, no kids. And I'm like, in. yes, let's do it. So we are leaving for the <laughs> beach on Friday and having a little beach weekend, just us girls. Um, so I'm trying to coordinate everybody else's lives. So everybody is taking care of what I'm gone, which is no small feat. So both of my boys have soccer games this weekend, one in Tampa, one in Lakeland. So I'm trying to coordinate and make sure that they're getting where they need to be. Um, I'm coordinating a work trip up to Calgary in a couple of weeks. So I'm trying to book flights for all of that. And then my oldest son's soccer team, we just got an email yesterday that they're going to be participating in a 
tournament in Phoenix in December. So I spent all day yesterday looking at Airbnbs and flights and booking car rentals and all of that. So, you know, that takes a solid 10 hours to do that. Um, yeah. So uh, my middle son thought he broke a couple of toes. So we were dealing with that and he's in a boot now, but then wants to play this weekend. He thinks he'll be fine for this weekend. And then my other, my daughter got the flu. So, you know, it's just been a whirlwind. It's like the second mom takes a little time out to do something, everything falls apart just before. Yeah. yeah. When Misha and I went to Italy last year, didn't Asa like fall and hit his head? Like something happened and then everybody was sick. <laughs> yes, we were on our way to Italy and Asa fell out of a tree at school and he had to get uh stiff like the glue or whatever the yeah on it on his and then it was on right here, like on his hair. So you can't do anything from you know the airport in New York City about to fly internationally. Yep. Mom life. You just have to hope you've taught everybody the appropriate moves in that situation. Right. Yeah. Like, okay, you know what to do. Ready? This is what we've been training for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that Adam was home, obviously, you know, and so it all, it, it all turned out. Okay. And we, so I'm excited for you. Some mom time, some beach time. That will be amazing. Yeah. I'm really excited. It's been, it's been a minute since I've had just a little staycation away. So, and she, she's a mom of three all under the age of seven. So she's like dying to get away too. So it is definitely a much needed trip for the two of us. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So what is something that listeners would be surprised to hear about your life? Yeah, um, I think one thing that's kind of interesting about us is that we live in Lakeland, right? We don't live in the heart of anything. We don't live in Nashville. We don't live in LA. We don't even live in Atlanta. You know, we don't live in anywhere that's kind of the heart of what would be considered a conducive place for music. Um, and we've lived here our whole lives. So um, it's interesting that his career has not taken him further away or into a place that um, our family isn't raised. And so how our situation is, is we met later in life, right? We've only been married for, we just celebrated our fourth year wedding anniversary and we got married much later. And I married Aaron so much later in his career that um, I think I kind of kind of come in with a little bit of a different perspective than a lot of other band wives because I haven't been there since the beginning. And, you know, I wasn't there through the heaviest days of his touring schedules and, and all of that. So I came in as just a single mom who was an adult and maturely into her career already. So I don't go on tour with him much. I don't leave and go when he leaves and I'm home and I'm taking care of the house and um, taking care of the kids and we would love to live in Nashville. I think that that would be amazing and it would be great for his career. Um, and I can live anywhere because I, I work remote, but um, you know, I have children who have fathers who are here and he has children who has a mother who are here. And so we can't move. We don't have the ability to move anywhere. Um, so yeah, we've, we've thrived here and figured out how to make it work here. And so it's definitely taken on 
a much different look later in life with marrying a musician and a musician marrying a corporate mom and you know how that all works out for everybody but we figured out how to make it work and it's great that's amazing yeah and it's it's funny because you know like I said we've been here our whole lives and I'm um I'm very involved in, in the local community here. And I know a lot of people and just because you've been, I've been here my whole life and it's a small town and he's been here his whole life. Everybody, you know, you know, everybody, everybody knows everybody and we're all very connected. And he always laughs and says, you know, when he's with Copeland, he's Aaron, but when he's home, he's Megan Marsh's husband, because <laughs> that's just how life in Lakeland is. Like, you know, we walk into a place and people are like, oh, hey, Megan, hey, Megan. And he's like, oh yeah, just Megan Marsh's husband over here, <laughs> which he loves. He said, he told me to let you guys know he's going to start a podcast called Band Wives Husbands. Band Wives Husbands. <laughs> and that if you guys would like to come on the show, he'd be willing to have you. And he would like to start a podcast on his perspective of what it's like to be a husband of a band wife. That's, oh my God. That's so funny. That's, you know, it's not the first time we've, uh, we've heard that the men would like to have their moment too. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. So, okay. So you guys come from these like very different walks of life. How did you meet? Okay. This is a great story. Um, people love to ask us this question. Um, and then both of us get really like shy and we're like, you tell it, no, you tell it, no, you tell it. And I usually am the one that always ends up telling it. Um, so, uh, I was, um, I was married previously and my ex-husband was very involved in church. And so we were very involved in church and we went to church a lot. And I got kicked out of the church when, um, I decided to get a divorce. Yes. Yes. Church <laughs> trauma. Church. We love it. Um, that's, this story gets better. Trust me. So I got excommunicated from the church. As one does. As one does. And they kicked me out and said, you can't come back. And I was like, oh, darn. Okay. Um, you know, all these white men around the table telling me I can't come back to church. So I was like, great. Yeah, no problem. Um, but I wanted to keep my kids in church because they were used to it. And they were, you know, it was something that a lot was changing in their lives. So I didn't really want to pull them out of church and just change everything. So we went to a sister church of this church and they welcomed us with open arms and said, absolutely. You are more than welcome here. Um, as I'm going through my divorce through all of this. And it was a very long process as they can take a while. You know, there were assets involved and all of that. So as I'm at the church, I'm there with my best friend who's decided like, you can come with, you know, I'll go with you. So you're not there by yourself. I'll help you with the kids. You know, this is a new space for you. I want you to feel comfortable. So she started going with me. So we're up, we're up in the balcony and we've probably been there about four or five months at this point and I noticed the bass player down playing at the church is like kind of hot and I was like oh bass player's kind of hot wonder what his story is and so she she's like yeah he's totally your type let's let's figure this out so uh we had a friend that worked at the church and we like hit her up and like hey girl what's what's the bass player's story and she's like you don't know him you guys don't know each other and we're like no and she's like girl he's he, he just got divorced too and he's you know he's here because he's single and he needed a place that he felt comfortable and you know a lot of his friends were playing in the band here so they asked him to come play in the band here so he had you know a sense of community and I was like man this is shaping up to be something uh something special so we didn't get connected right like 
they told other people in the band that a girl had been asking about him and they told him and they told him what my name was, but he couldn't find me on social media. And like, he tried to wait for me after church a few times and it, you know, he never could catch me. And so I was with my best friend. We were like having drinks one night at the house. And, you know, after two glasses of wine, I was like, all right, sliding into the DMs. Here we go. So I slid right on into the DMs and I was like, Hey, you know, I, I, I think you play bass at, at this church and you know I was wondering if you'd like to get together sometime maybe get to know each other and so he was like I'm glad you found me I've been looking for you I heard you were asking about me and so that was kind of how it started and he asked me out on a date and we ended up going out on a date and then we got kicked out of that church so it was great (laughs) (laughs) didn't see that coming maybe I should have yeah Thank God you met there. They facilitated yeah. the meeting and then you they could did. step yeah. away. And now we don't go to church anymore. We stopped. That was it for us. We decided that was enough. We <laughs> did what we came to do. And yeah. um, can I ask what happened with sure. that? Yeah. So um, like I said, my divorce was taking a really long time. I was like two years in at this point, trying to sell a house so I could pay, you know, the things off and all of that. And huge, long process. <clears throat> but we were living sep- separate lives and we had been separated for a really long time and it was, it was fine. So they came to, to Aaron and said, you can't date her. She's married. And Aaron was like, well, first of all, you, you can't tell me what to do. And also, yes, legally she's still married, but they've been separated for over two years and it's, it's fine. Right. And they were like, no, you can't you can't be a working member of this church and be with a married woman. And he was like, "Um, that's probably not going to change. I'm not going to go break up with her. And they were like, okay, but if anybody asks us about it, then we're going to have to let you go. And he was like, let, let me, let me stop you right there. Um, I'm just going to quit. And she's already decided since you've been meddling in our business this much that she has no desire to come back to this this church either because they tried to tell us you can't sit together after you know after he'd get done playing he'd come sit with me up in the balcony and oh they were like you can't sit together and nobody can see you guys together and if anybody sees you guys out in public and they ask us about it we're gonna have to do you know we're gonna have to take some disciplinary action and we both were like save save yourself the trouble we're we're done and it's funny because they recently reached back out to him and they're like, Hey, we're having this concert and we need a bass player. Like, would you be mm. interested? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow. Yeah. Good yeah. for you and your boundaries. Yes. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that was enough church for me. As two women ha- who have effectively kicked ourselves out of church. Yeah. I feel you. He likes to tell people without context. Yeah. My wife. Got kicked out of two churches in a year, so. (laughs) Yeah, I did. It was meant to be, though. I love that you're like, okay, we're going to keep the kids in church. We're going to, and that's where you met him. And then they just went ahead and kicked you right out. Yep. Yeah. Come to us in your time of need, but also let us control every choice that you're making while you're here. So it's crazy. Also white men, you know, also white men in there telling me what Mm -hmm. I can and can't do, which is just just lovely oh you get to be a Jezebel though I just I know wear it with pride I do I I really do yeah so and it's it's funny too because 
like I had no idea I had never met him before and so when he's standing there playing bass in church like we grew up in the same small town how have we never crossed paths before how have we like we kind of did the same things growing up we kind of ran in similar circles we figured out that we had a lot of the same friends and it's like how have we never met before this this period in time in life and it was kind of meant to be because we were both in a place that we were available and you know open and able to start a romantic relationship and if we would have met at any other time in life that might not have been the case so it's kind of it's kind of interesting how we had never crossed paths before and then there it was we met at the right time that's a perfect perspective like you need the experience sometimes to bring into a relationship for it to actually you know be what it's meant to be. So it sounds like you met exactly when you were supposed to. As lifelong learners and also big fans of ordering wine in other languages, Misha and I tried to learn as much Italian as possible before our writing trip this year. Now we're studying Portuguese too, and are so excited to partner with Babbel.com Language for Life to offer 55% off subscriptions to our listeners. As band wives and women who honestly can't sit still, we're loving their online classes and app-based lessons for learning on the road and on the go. They also have podcasts and games. And if you listen to our podcast, you know we can't get enough of those. We're hooking you up with discounted memberships so that you can learn to order Vino Tinto anywhere in the world. Visit bandwivespod.com backslash babble to sign up today. What are three things that you're proud of? Past, present, future. Um, aside from getting kicked out of two shows, yeah, um, yeah. So, gosh, what a question. Um, I love my job. I love what I do, and I've worked my ass off to get where I am. And I think that I'm really proud of that. You know, I went through a long spell of being a single mom. And I had my first son when I was 22. And I, you know, I didn't stop college when I had him, you know, I took some online classes the during the semester that I had him, but I just kept going and finished college and started working right out of college. And then just, you know, got the experience I needed, build up my resume, you know, stayed at jobs for a long period of time, a short period of time, whatever I needed to do to gain the experience, gain the exposure and kind of move on. And now I've moved my way up to a role now I'm where I'm a director of marketing and I get to, you know, own a department and, and have that experience. And that's something that is just invaluable to me, not only, you know, for providing for my family and being able to provide the lifestyle that I want to have, but also just, I think it's something really powerful. My youngest, my youngest is a girl and just to show how you know, powerful women can be and how, you know, if you work hard and you do the right things and you, you know, really just believe in yourself and put belief behind yourself that you can accomplish whatever it is that you want to accomplish, no matter what, what comes your way. And I think that's, you know, just powerful for her and powerful for myself. And, you know, I was raised by a really strong, powerful woman. And I feel like I'm becoming into that myself. And I'm really proud of that. And I I already see some of that in her, which is just wonderful. Like being a mom of two boys for so long and then having a daughter, like it just awakens a completely different part of you. So yeah, I think that's something that I'm just really proud of. I, I love what I do. I think I'm pretty good at what I do. And I think I've built myself 
to a place that I'm I'm able to have a job and have a role and have a title that I that I'm proud of and that I'm happy with and that I think I worked really hard to get. Yeah. Have you always been in marketing? Is this something that's like I have, yeah. So in high school, my high school had like a, a program that was specifically for business oriented um, students. So rather than doing like electives like pottery or photography, we would do business classes. And there was marketing and entrepreneurship were the two that I really invested in. I had a marketing teacher who was fantastic. And she taught me a lot and I loved it. And I, I entered the marketing club in high school and I you know competed in marketing um, competitions across the United States. And then you know, naturally just going into college. That was what I studied in college. And then right out of college, I got my first marketing job. And so, yeah, I've since high school, it's been what I've always, what I've always done. Oh, wow. That's so cool. It's like, you just, it fit and you just like went down that path and look at yeah. it's taken you to an amazing place. So we got the past, maybe yeah. part of the present. Is that part of the present or is there, is there more to yeah. it? Yeah, I think that's part of the present. For me, um, one thing that I really wanted to heavily invest in this year was the future, right? Like, what does the future look like for, for us, for our family, for me? Um, and so I wanted to start investing in investment properties. So we bought our first Airbnb last year, and we've been running that for a year and a half now, and that's become pretty successful. And um, one thing that we really loved doing when we first met was we would go out and kind of find these um, old dilapidated furniture and we'd fix it up and we'd, you know, restain it or paint it or whatever and fix it and then resell it. And that was kind of a hobby that we, we took up doing. And, um, so we were like, okay, well, let's find a property because we love mid-century style and let's find a mid-century house that needs some work and kind of use it as a fun project, but then also an income for us as well. So that's what we did. We found this, you know, 1967 house, mid-century style house. And we spent months fixing it up and finding really cool furniture to put in there. And we put some really cool um, wallpaper throughout it. And, you know, we, we just kind of went for it and then started renting it out on Airbnb. And it's been great. We, we love it. So hopefully in the next year, we'll be able to buy another property and keep going. And hopefully eventually that'll be our retirement plan the best. Yeah, I'm impressed. I think that's wonderful. And you're just kind of taking your time and making it fun too, which is so it just sounds like it's kind of peaceful and easy too, which is um in itself something to be proud of. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that was something that was like date nights. We would just like grab a bottle of wine and go over to the Airbnb and <laughs> you know, fix the cabinets uh-huh. or paint a room and yeah, it just kind of became something fun for us to do together and it was great. And the, you know, the kids have helped and, you know, they, they're in the backyard pulling weeds and, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's been a whole family project and it's, it's been a lot of fun. I think what separates properties too on Airbnb is, you know, you're not a developer or a management company who's going in and buying up spaces and just like throwing Ikea in and calling it a day Yeah. when it becomes a, like a passion that you share, you can feel that in the space. You can feel that in a house when you walk in and, that's the reason that I'll go to an Airbnb. The feeling that somebody like loves this spot. It's a really cool part of that whole, that whole model. Yeah, I to- I totally agree. I feel like you can tell when people put heart into it and where I, my son travels a ton with, with soccer. And so we've kind of got, we've gotten to the place now where we'd much rather stay in an Airbnb than in a hotel because we're usually there for three or four nights at least. And once you're, you know, when you're in a 
hotel room for three or four nights, it gets really stale and uncomfortable and you don't get to spread out. So we have started just staying in Airbnbs and it's exactly that. We look for something that has some heart and it looks like people really care about what they're doing there because you can just tell it, it makes the whole experience a lot different. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so cool. I think I'm just thinking about all the, like the amazing Airbnbs that I've had the opportunity to stay in and their cute little the lived experiences you get to kind of share with them in an interesting way and get a sense of someone else's life. Yeah, um, I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, next time we come down there, I'm going to look it up. And... Yeah, let me know. <laughs> let me know. I'll hook you guys up. Yeah, for sure. Well, I love what you mentioned about coming in, you know, maybe later after you've already had different lived experiences and then coming together as a band wife. And so I'm sure you have some interesting insights and information for other band spouses out there, whether it's tips, tricks, or psychological encouragement that you could um, give us some insights. Yeah. Um, what a learning curve, right? I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Uh, I will definitely admit that. When I met Aaron, he was just about to put out a record. I think months after we started dating, a new record came out. And so I'd really gotten to know, oh, and he had, he also had a symphony. Um, oh, that's an interesting story. Yeah, he had, a, he was working on a symphony um, where they played live in Lakeland with the Lakeland Symphony Orchestra. Mm -hmm. And so, he wrote all of the music for all of the parts. So he wrote all of the string arrangements and he wrote all of the brass arrangements and you know he wrote everything. And we started dating right as he was in the midst of writing all of that. So there would be days that I wouldn't hear back from him. Like I would text him be like, hey, what are you doing? And then like three days later, he'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was heads down in, in my headphones working on this. I, you know, I was up for 20 hours working on it. And I was like, he hates me, he hates me. He's a, he doesn't want to date me. This is, and a, you know, the, cr the crazy girl mind takes over and you're like, he's not busy. He's just ignoring me. And then I went to the show and it was this beautiful symphony of all, you know, of a handful of their songs. And it was just amazing. And I was like, oh, I get it now. It, it was really a lot of work, but yeah. So, he, so record comes out, you know, that that's kind of a non-eventful thing you know, when the record comes out, you're just at home and the record comes out. You're like, oh, okay. Record dropped today. That's great. Uh, but then he went on tour. And so as, you know, uh, somebody who has never dated somebody who was a musician before he went on tour and I did, I had no idea what to expect. Um, and that was a whirlwind, right? That was kind of crazy because they live on a completely different time schedule than we do. And depending on what part of the, you know, the US they're in, there's different time zones. So like just coordinating was so different. Um, and that took some getting used to. Um, but after a while you get, you get used to it and it becomes kind of the norm. Uh, but I think the hardest thing for me really was social media. Um, what a toxic environment when you're dating somebody that's on a public forum, it is tough. Everything from just, you have to stay out of the comment section because it's, it's terrible and it's heartbreaking and you want to respond to everybody and you want to just annihilate people who are saying terrible things, but you can't, right? You can't say anything, no. but it's like, what other world does that exist in? Like if your husband is 
not a musician is just you know your accountant or a lawyer or whatever he's not getting annihilated in anybody's com in anybody's comment section so i come into this relationship and people are just saying terrible things about my husband and i have to stay quiet i'm not allowed to say anything to those people like what so that is really tough for me i think i've gotten somewhat used to it now but i'm like I wouldn't say I'm a confrontational person, but I definitely don't back down from a fight. So <laughs> it's tough for me to not just go after somebody who's coming after him. Yeah. So that's really, that's tough. I feel that in my heart. And we've talked about this on the show before. Uh, yeah. And I really have to watch myself sometimes because I'm mm -hmm. opening my notes app. I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, fuck yourself. Um, and <laughs> I like, there's something therapeutic about that. And then not posting it. It's like putting stuff in your cart and not checking out. Um, yes. but damn, sometimes it's really hard. And, and a lot of the times the comments are so just ridiculous. It's just like a lack of information, but they've used this platform to make it personal. And it's, I don't know. Yeah. I'm getting fired up right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can feel the anxiety <laughs> brewing. <laughs> it's just yeah. a terrible culture we find ourselves in anyways, right? Like the social exactly. media culture is terrible. And I hate it. And having teenagers now, you know, for the most part, I keep them off of it. My oldest son, uh, like I said, is big into soccer. And so we've started doing that's That's another thing. Aaron has become like his biggest fan. And so Aaron comes to all the soccer games and records them, like records the games and then puts together highlight reels for him. So we've started an Instagram account for his highlight reels and I ran it for him at first just to help. Now, I'm a marketing person. So I'm like, you know, I'm following teams and I'm following players and I'm trying to interact with people and I'm trying to use it as like a marketable platform for him. And then eventually like all of his teammates are on there and they're commenting and they're sending him DMs and like, I can't respond as him, you know, that gets weird. So I'm like, you have to take this over. I can't, I can't manage this anymore. Like you need to take over this Instagram because now all of your like, peers are following you and yeah. commenting and DMing you. And so he's finally taken it over now. And luckily he's not like a social media kid at all. So it's fine. And he's using it as a platform for soccer too. So it's great. But all that being said, I know it's only a matter, like if he keeps progressing down this path, it's only a matter of time before people are coming in the comment section for him. And I can't promise I'll be able to keep out of the comment section for him. Like it's tough. Yeah. You're allowed to as a mom, maybe? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, we're, <laughs> I don't know. We don't do it either. My son's 14 and it's just, we're not there yet. But yeah. that's coming in with the stepdad energy and the highlight reel is pretty much made my day today. Yeah. So that is amazing. He's, he Sweet. is his biggest fan. Like he drives him to practices. He could, like, if I can't go to a game, he'll still go to a game and, you know, record what's going on. And now some of the kids on the team, they'll come up to him after the game and they'll be like, Hey, did you catch that thing? I did. If you did like, send it to me, please. And he does, he, you know, he does, he's, he's the best. He's the best. Yeah. We were talking this week in, the, in an episode about how important it is to like take an interest in kids' lives and for kids to have an adult who's maybe not related to them or, you know, like he's taking video for other kids and now they have this figure who is making them feel important and valued and seen. It's like, it's great. It's so heartwarming. Oh, yeah. For sure. 
Yeah, he definitely does that. He's very, very good at that. I love that. Sweet. Well, we're about to unload the big one on you. So okay, we're going to take a second. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We just got to start here. What do you know to be true about yourself, the world, and the universe? This is such a heavy question. Oh, I, one thing that I will say I love about you guys, uh, you know, because I listen to the podcast, I hear what you guys talk about. I love your, um, your love for like extraterrestrial life and UFOs. <laughs> I love it. We're so hardcore about that over here. Like, mm-hmm. we love it. So it's been a big asked, couple months. It has been. Erin is like nervously on Hulu. Like there's got to be a new documentary. There's got to be new information. Why is everything the same? I need new information. I'm like, oh, I, yes. It's the same yeah. people in all the documentaries. Like, <laughs> it's the same yeah. experts in every documentary. But we love it. We should volunteer ourselves up as experts because I feel like at this point, <laughs> they need some new blood. Definitely. Yeah. You guys should start a UFO podcast. Like, that would be pretty it. much I have. I mean, <laughs> This podcast either has so much direction or zero. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's like, okay, what do you know about the universe? Nothing anymore. I feel like, I I feel like one thing I think I've really become hyper aware of is as a younger adult, were politics this front and center? Was it just because I was young or has the world just kicked up a bit? Like it's that, the marketing, right? The news networks. Yeah. It's the, yeah. 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 It's the 24 hour news that we're just constantly hyper aware of. Um, and I think I hate that. I hate how hyper aware we are and how divisive everything has gotten. And it just makes me sad, you know, even down to like places you thought were safe places like church that have become so divisive and you know what what safe place can we can we be in anymore what what safe place can we exist in anymore it feels like just when you feel like there's a safe place established there's a reason it becomes unsafe and I feel like especially as women right now in the world, it's a really tough place for us to be in in the United States, especially, you know, we're getting our rights taken away left and right. And I think that that is just so scary. It's such a slippery slope and when will it stop? And it's sad. It's a really sad time to be here and to be a woman with younger women we're raising. And it's, it's scary. So I think a lot of things that I kind of I, I was naive. I, I, I feel like I was naive and I just didn't know a whole lot. And I was kind of, I existed in a bubble and that was a great place to be. And now we can't, even if you wanted to exist in that naive bubble, you can't. Um, and I think that's sad. I feel like when we knew less, it was easier to take action about the things that you did know and you were aware of. And now yeah. it's just like drowning and it, it's really kind of paralyzed everybody into feeling like the problems are just too big. They're too beyond us and they're everywhere and like every facet of life. And so why bother? Like I was so into the news cycle and I really let that permeate my life in a non-productive way. Um, and I think, you know, over the f- last few years, you you kind of learn a little bit more about the way that you're interacting with people. And, you know, how do you, how do you stop that? How do you learn to have conversations that actually do something instead of just Mm -hmm. are filled with rage or, you know, indifference or it's, it's, 
it's complicated. And I, yeah, I'm afraid for our kids if they don't learn how to be critical thinkers or to like associate with people who might think differently than them. And it's challenging. So yeah, I agree. I, we've never actually heard that answer on the show before you're realizing that, that you lived in this bubble. And I feel that. Yeah. And I think with the kids, that's, you know, that's what's really hard right now because, you know, kids are young and they don't have a lot of their own ideas formed yet. And they're not educated in these ideas, but they're influenced by their parents a lot. So you see that come out in a lot of ways, you know, amongst your kids and your kids' friends. And, you know, it, that's hard too, because you, you don't want to, be like, what are you talking about to some, you know, 12 year old yeah. because they don't know what they're saying, but at the same time, they're being so heavily influenced by their parents. And, you know, they're not quite to that age that they're educated about things and they don't even know what their opinions are yet. So it's just, it is, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's, I completely agree. The divisiveness and the just so much indignation and judgment is, is just like, we've got to find a different way. But that makes me actually think what I, I'm not a sports person and neither is Adam. So we don't do a lot of sports, but actually sports, it seems like such a unifying and potentially positive place to bring people together. Um, You know, with your kids teams and the parents mm. and everything, they can hopefully overlooks some of those differences, you know, with games and things like that. Yeah. I've actually never really thought about it that way, but you're exactly right. Like the, the parents, especially with my son's older team, we've gone on all these trips together. Now we've become so close. We, we really are like a soccer family now. And I couldn't tell you what any of their political beliefs are, right? Because we just are there for the unity of being there for our children and supporting them and being in this environment. And we all, love and care for each other and support each other. And, you know, it doesn't become a divisive place at all. So it's, it's interesting that you say that because now I'm like, yeah, that's totally, that's valid. That's really true. Ooh, good. I'm <laughs> glad it's not, you know, it would never become a place like where you would have to feel like, you know, there's some yeah. division. And so I feel like hopefully, you know, it's like people, maybe someone like me, who's like not really a sports person, I don't want to overlook the benefit of like the unity and the family atmosphere that those um, those yeah. bring to the world. Yeah. And I think, you know, just watching sports on TV too, they've really taken an interest in that, right. Being inclusive, being um, the forefront of that inclusion. And they, they receive a lot of, a lot of blowback for it and um, it doesn't deter them from, from doing it. So I do appreciate that they have taken a stance on, multiple issues and are trying to be so inclusive. And I think that's so important. Yeah, especially soccer, it's so global. And so they have a much broader perspective than many Americans might you know, have. And so I feel like that's really positive. That's amazing. Yeah. Did we get your answer though about, is that, is that it? Is that the broad scope, the aliens? And <laughs> yeah, aliens and divisiveness, right? Maybe aliens are super inclusive. We don't even know. They, they, could, have, they could have all of this figured out. I think they are because they haven't attacked us yet. Right. Yeah. They're like, we don't, we don't want you guys. You might mess up what we've got going on up here. <laughs> I have a few questions about aliens before we move on. One is what do you think about this golden egg on the seafloor? Can you, do you have any insights there? I mean, is it something, is it, it's, it's what it, what they're saying. It's a piece of metal that it's never been discovered anywhere right like it, it's not from this world they I don't yeah. know they can't find anything they don't know what right. it is 
so I, I feel like there's a lot of things that we've probably never discovered in this world before. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, there's probably animals we don't know exist. And there's probably, there, so is it realistic that there's metals that we don't know that they exist? Yes. Do we think this small little thing fell from a UFO and <laughs> deposited on the sea floor? I don't know. I don't know. But it's possible. I love the I love the chance of possibility, right? Like it's yes. not definitive. I like that there could be multiple things it could be. Mm-hmm. I love the idea that maybe there are just aliens and spirits and things all around us, but our brains aren't evolved enough to like even recognize or see them. They're just here and they've always been yep. here, but we are just like, where are they? Will they ever come? And they're like, <laughs> you know? I totally yeah. believe. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Like, I yeah. definitely think there are things that exist in the world that my brain cannot process. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. So, my dad was a Navy SEAL. And so <clears throat> he has stories about how they would see things. Like, there, he was in a submarine for, I don't know, years. And they were, they're constantly recording, right? They're recording everything that's going on around them. And he said, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know. I won't say his name. So <laughs> you won't know but um, he said that they would record things like giant squids and things that like the government knows that the normal person's brain can't process. And they would come and he said, people would just show up out of nowhere. Like you're on a submarine. How did they get there? And people would show up and they'd pull the tapes and they'd delete the footage and they put the tapes back in and then they just disappear. And he's like, you know, that happened anytime some huge event would take place. And he, you know, my stepdad witnessed like a giant squid while he was out cleaning the, I guess they have to clean like the, the rudders on the outside of the submarine every so often. So they have to put on this gear and go on the outside of the submarine and they're attached to the submarine and they're like cleaning these rudders. And this huge squid came by and he was like paralyzed and terrified and, you know, they got the whole footage of it and he went back on the ship to review the footage and it was already gone. Like it did not exist. So, you know, there's definitely some things going on that we don't know about. Yeah. <laughs> I, what do you think of the the golden egg? What are your thoughts? I, my first instinct is that it's a sea creature because they say they know less about the sea than like your story just revealed than they do outer space. And so I think maybe what, I wonder if it's some sea creature I was talking to Chandra about it yesterday. There's all the um, origin myths of the world. Many different cultures have the golden egg myth. And so I wonder if it's some old ancient creature that we don't see a lot of that they used to find these around. I have no answers. Yeah. (laughs) No, I love that. I love that theory. Chandra, do you have a different theory? No. (laughs) I just am so happy it exists. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Anytime anything new comes out, it's like, I'm like obsessively searching. Like, what did Tom DeLonge have to say about this? I know he knows. I know he's got all the information. Uh I know he does. If Tom wants to come on the show and tell us everything he knows, come on down. Yeah, he's got theories for sure. He does. Join us next August to discover the delicious vino of the Lisbon region on a six-day journey of creative exploration, wine tasting, and visits to the vineyards and producers of the area. In Portugal, our days will be filled with creativity, culture, libation, and good company. Discover more at linktree backslash bandwives and sign up for your next big adventure today.
Okay, good. All right. Well, I mean, this question fits right into what you're binge watching besides <laughs> all the alien documentaries reading or listening to right now. Okay. Yeah. So I'm late to the game on this. There's two things. I'm late to the game on this, but the bear mm-hmm. I have been obsessed with. I think I've watched both seasons all the way through twice now. It's just so good. It's so good. Um, I loved it. And I think it's just all around good TV. And the music on it is incredible. Like all of the Counting Crows and Wilco and all the music on it. So I did a deep dive on like, okay, who's the who's the music producer for the show? And it's the director. It's the creator and the director. He didn't have budget for music. And he was like, well, if I just do it myself, then I'll get to use that budget somewhere else. So he does all the music for the show. And all he, all he does is use music that he likes from his past and... I think that's incredible. I love that. It's a lot of Radiohead and Counting Crows. Like you can tell he's our age, right? Like it's the good stuff. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. It was August and everything's anniversary. I saw it. I saw the tour. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Well, everybody's doing the reunion tours right now. And how do you guys feel about NSYNC possibly (laughs) getting back together? I was a backstreet. So I mean, I know, I know. Yeah. Subpar. Sorry. No offense. No judgment. (laughs) But I told Misha, I did go see the, uh, the death cab 20 year last night and it was amazing. Nice. Very nice. I love all these reunion tours. Like give them, I'll take it. The nostalgia being in a sing along, you know, with 10,000 people. I just love it. I love the community. I think it's so beautiful. Oh, and people like transport themselves right back to like they they transport themselves right back to where they were when they were listening to that music. And it's just beautiful. It's good. They, there was a study in this book I read where it was like elderly people when they um, this was a study in the 90s or something. And so they made all these um, houses and rooms that were just like the 50s. So it was when these people were in the prime of their life. They were very young. They had the, uh, the furniture, the music, the TV shows. And it, the people felt younger and actually were psychologically healthier because they were in that scenario where when they from when they were young. And so now when I go back and listen to Counting Crows or Radiohead or whatever, I tell myself it's very healthy <laughs> and very yeah. good for me. And like Sync, who I loved, Backstreet Boys, well, they were to me the inferior <laughs> band. Sorry, but Sync for this sure. Is the so many show. memories. <laughs> we're done. But yeah. so it's actually potentially very good for us to go and do that and relive it I love that gives me gives me a reason to go back and listen to all those those records I went and saw Andrew McMahon recently and oh man you want to talk about a sing-along I looked back at Aaron at one point in time and I'm like I'm sorry this might be embarrassing for you I'm being very loud (laughs) I doubted that most of the guys love like because I know they love it when people are do that for them and so Adam always loves it when I get into it yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going off script here. What is the best concert you've ever been to? Like, not necessarily your favorite band, but like you went to the concert and you're like, hands down, best show I've ever been to. So hard. The main, the main is so good. And I see a lot of bands all the time. And, and it's like a lot of new bands. Um, they're not new, but like a lot of times I'll see a band for the first time. I just kind of won't know the music and so I won't get as engaged but I they're so fun to watch live and their music is so catchy and so taking back Sunday toured with them this summer and so I just was really impressed 
So it's, I'm maybe yeah. easily impressed though, but I've love a lot of shows. I've been to so many good shows, but that was one this summer. So it's recent. Yeah. yeah. What about you? It was probably two. Imogen Heap. I saw uh, um, like probably 14, 15 years ago. Uh, it's just like nothing I've ever seen before. She had like no shoes on the whole show. She had yeah. this sort of like acrylic clear piano with all of her triggers and tracks and she's doing loops in real time. And it was just her like wandering the stage and creating this like build of these songs that are, you know, electronically written, you know, for the most part. And it was life-changing. I mean, and that first record was so beautiful and so important. Um, and then we saw uh, Neutral Milk Hotel twice when I was pregnant, two nights in a row, small venue. I want to say it was like Webster Hall. And it was everything that I wanted it to be. So much amazing instrumentation, just really like stripped down, but the music was so good. It just sounded so good live. Uh, and then Nine Inch Nails, I'm throwing a third in. Because yeah. the production of that show is, I mean, Trent is just such a genius. Yeah, I feel like everything he touches is amazing and makes you feel things that you don't even think you're capable of feeling. Like that, I don't think that's even my kind of music. But when I right. see that band live, it's just like, I think I'm a different person right now. I like. <laughs> what about you? Um, mine are gonna be kid influenced. So like, I love like you said, like small venues. I love going to see artists that are a little stripped down. You kind of get to hear the music like that. That's usually my vibe. Like I think one of my favorite shows I've ever been to, just before I went to the kids shows were um. Uh, Father John Misty I saw him at Hard Rock Live and he was just he was incredible like it was a smaller venue and everybody was kind of you know it was all standing room and he was you know no shoes he was in a whole white you know outfit and he had the the lights and everything behind him and he was just incredible he was incredible life but then we took my oldest son he was a really big 21 Pilots fan mm -hmm. And we took him to the 21 Pilots show. And I didn't really listen to the music that much. I knew the hits, but um, wow, what a production. Like they were insanely good. And they were just, the energy was great. The music was great. Uh, it was, by the time I left, I was like, well, I'm a 21 Pilots fan now. And now that's like, that's the one band that, so we have five kids between the two of us. And that's the one band that like, all the kids like Aaron and I love putting it on. Everybody knows all the words. Like it's just, it's become like the family band and we love, we love 21 pilots. So that was just, that was an incredible show. I love that. My sister brought my nephew and son to 21 pilots and she said the exact same thing. She was like, it was so amazing and happy and fun. And so, Oh yeah. Kudos. That's the goal, right? As a band. Yeah have people come to your show who are like, oh, I'm not here under duress, but I didn't exactly choose this and then right. leave a fan. Yeah. Yes. I, I recently did that with Paramore. I, I was never, never really a Paramore listener. I think they kind of hit big while I was fully in my emo era. So I wasn't like, it, they seemed a little young for me. So I didn't really listen to a lot of Paramore. And then when I met Aaron, he's got a really great relationship with them. And so they were here recently and he's like, you know, I want to go to the show. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Let's go. And what a show, man, they put on the best show. And now I'm like full Paramore. I've listened to nothing but Paramore since the show. Like their music is incredible. She's incredible. Like what? I definitely left a fan. Yeah. She's maybe one of the most interesting and entertaining 
front women I've ever seen. Like her charisma is just, I don't know how she does it. I'm like, yeah, I, I can't like walk up the stairs and hum a song, you know? And I'm like, she is like jumping around and dancing and vibing. And she sounds amazing. And those are not easy records to sing. Like, oh no, it's yeah. wild. Her range is crazy. It, yeah, I agree. I saw them at a festival this summer and I was like, holy shit, this yeah. is really good. She's, she is impressive. Okay. So, well, now you've given us a range of potentials for this next question. <laughs> okay. What would your theme song be? Okay, so I did give a thought to this one, and I want to explain why I chose this, because I would say that my theme song is, do you guys remember that song, Bitch, by Meredith Brooks? Oh, yeah, like, how could of I course I do. <laughs> yes, what a song. But I love how she explains that she's just this fully complex woman, and just when you think you figured her out, like, she's changing, and she's not going to be the same person tomorrow. And I think if you ask my husband, like how you would explain me, that would definitely be how he would explain me. Like I, she's wonderful. She, I love her. I never know what I'm going to get. Like, you know, she's just so complex. And I think that that song definitely embodies that. Like, you know, she's all these different things. She has all these different emotions in what she might be one thing, one minute. And then the next minute she's something completely different. So I think that would be my answer. Oh, I love that. I think we should all embrace a fluid, multi-faceted personality. Yes. And so I love that you're just like, that is who I am right out yep. of the gate. Yeah. Full sour patch kit over here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So Aaron was not touring when you met necessarily. He was working on something at home, right? And so then he hit the road after his record came out and you were... Um, processing that for the first time ever but through that have you come up with a small thing or guilty pleasure that you look forward to when you know he's going to be on the road yes yeah so obviously like getting to bed to yourself is a little treasure that goes unnoticed you know but when it happens you're like oh love this love this for me do you stay on your side or do you like do a role no I'm right in the middle I'm like right in the middle but and the funny thing is, is like, if the kids, so my schedule is I have my kids a week and then for the next week they go to their dad. So week on week off. So the weeks that they're not here and he's gone and it's just me in the house, I will get in that bed at like six o'clock and I will, I will eat in bed. Yeah. I will watch trash TV in bed. I will do all of the things that I would never do if the kids or Aaron were home. <laughs> like I'm doing, I'm doing me. I'm doing me fully. I'm getting. DoorDash delivered. I'm watching the Kardashians. I'm doing all the things that I would never do if anyone saw me or knew that. I <laughs> what do they call it? The kids goblin mode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think that's my, de- definitely my guilty pleasure. Like I, I just love to just be in bed and cozy and just doing all the things I would never do if anybody was home. Sounds absolutely fantastic. Yeah. What's what's your answer? What's the thing that you do? Not not. Don't tell me you take a bath or you have a glass. I do. I do that. that. Yeah, we do that too. We do that all the time. Yeah. What's the real guilty pleasure? Well, it's gonna be what you do now. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I love that. I don't ever. My always have my kids. You know. So the dream of like getting in bed at six and just laying there and doing whatever the hell I wanted is I'm inspired 
to live yeah. my life differently. <laughs> I like to compulsively clean when my husband's gone. I know it's fucked up. It's too. real dark, it but too. like, no, it's so satisfying because it stays that way. And it's yes. like, nobody's coming up. Well, you know, my son, when he comes home, but like, for the most part, sometimes I will take the most joy in like organizing the laundry room, which is usually a total disaster, but yeah. I'll be like, fold the towels beautifully in like mm-hmm. Airbnb fashion, <laughs> put them stacked. And I'm like, for one shining minute, my home looks the way I want it to. And I, I, it gives me great comfort. Yeah. I, I understand that fully. Yeah. Purging. I, yeah, I do. I do the purge too. My kids, like it's a joke amongst my kids now. Like if you have something you haven't touched in three months, it's gone. Mom will throw it away. You better not love it because mom's going to throw it away. (laughs) Like if they come home with a, you know, my, they used, when they were little, they would get McDonald's Happy Meals and they'd come home with a toy. And by the time they went to bed, that toy was in the trash can. They knew that that toy was not sticking around for long. Like I don't, there's no clutter in my house. No. In Brooklyn, you can put the stuff out on the street. You know, you put like a note, this is free, whatever. And people will just come and take it. So like we have this situation where I will like put stuff by the door before I put it on the street. And now anything that just happens to be by the door, my son is like, please, I don't want to get rid of that. I'm like, I'm not giving your shoes away, but like keep an eye on him. I watched the minimalism documentary. I've been, I'm not quite done with it. I started it last night and I, so it's inspired me to be, to start, you know, letting things go. It can feel, the things can definitely cage you in. So I'm getting there. Yeah. And the kids too, man, if they see it, like they, they'll forget it exists, <laughs> but if they see it, then it's the end of the world. It's their favorite thing. You can't get rid of it. Why would you do this to them? They can't see it. So you got to make sure you do it when they're not around. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on, Megan. This was so fun. It was fun. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we finally coordinated it. Sorry. I was all over the place. It was so nice to meet you both. Thank you so much. All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Okay, bye. bye.